I need I need to use a stamp. Are they dried out? No, it's from 1994, and I've never opened it, but they seem to work. I need I need to put the stamp on my paper, mm-hmm. make it official. I think it's Makona. Are they all the same? What uh, is yours? It's um, it's lettuce. Yours is different. Mine is Makona. Oh, that's right. This is foo. Yeah, it's just a tiny little chibi head of foo from Magic Knight Rayarth. This is foo too. That's so weird. Wait, they're all foo? No, mine's Makona. But those two are both foo. Oh, celebration stamp surprise. Oh, yeah, truly. This is from the 1990s. And they 1994. They're still That's juicy. I know. We're in the presence of babies. Fuck, this is, this is my age. This is my age. I can't believe these stamps still have juice. Well, they've been in they good tell, condition. Yeah, oh, my gosh. You got these in 1994? No. Oh, okay. In awe. But they were made in 1994. They're absolutely they in awe. Back. Did you get this at like a Comic Con at like one of the like tiny little booths that does resale items? I got this on eBay. <laughs> Excellent. I elect to attack Armoire as he's focused his attention on Autumn, and um, Sir Tempix raises her hand in the air, and out comes Hetty's planner for school. The planner spins and transforms itself into an ancient tome, and the pages begin to flip open. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll. At last, the epic narrator returns after nine episodes of being utterly forgotten on this pod. Please be something awesome. Oh my god, it's something awesome! <laughs> okay, I have I rolled an, a six again. I rolled a six again, and in my number six slot are Hephaestus's lightning bolts. A classic weapon. Yes, because number six is reserved for, like, the folklore-ish or supernatural weapon. Dean is looking at me like, you should have asked my permission for that first. You ought to have asked permission, but in the misty time of history, mythology and story blend together. Out from the page, a a ripple, like you'd see on the surface of the pond, flits across the pages of the book, and electricity that, unlike the blue color of the blue balls of electrical energy that Cordelia absorbed, these are like a bright yellow-white color. They begin to rise out of the book, and Hetty grabs one of them and chucks it at Armoire. Roll plus attack. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elect to put my plus one, the bonus that we got on this roll. The Christmas, Christmas miracle. miracle. All right. You hear faint jingle bells as these lightning bolts arc through the air. Zeus was associated with Santa Claus in that they're both fat and have big white beards. And they fuck. And they both canonically fuck. <laughs> and have many children out of wedlock. That's what the elves are. Where do you think all those elves came from? Wow. Nick, aw. Okay, um, that is a dirty 13. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas. May I narrate a little? Y- you may narrate as this. Okay, and I'll, I'll see how far I can push this. Tell me when, tell me when to stop. Um, I take 
you can see through the visor of the helmet that Sir Tempix's eyes seem to have lightning within them. She rounds up the shot, and you can hear the moment it leaves her hand the sound of crashing thunder in the cavern. It strikes Armoire, and like something out of a cartoon, this spidery figure goes... And is just, like, vibrating in the air. Amoir. Amoir. Everybody calls me armoire. It's literally Moira, and you move the A. Oh. I wish I'd been told that. Wow. Me too, because I've been saying armoire. (laughs) Um, It's fine. I mean, it's just what's in a name. Anyway, um... So yeah, the electrics, the, he gets uh, electric shocked, uh, bada bing, bada boom, baby. And as he's thrashing around, the rapier lodged, b- buried to the hilt in his skull and, you know, it, projecting out the back of his skull, seems to shift one to two inches out of the eye socket and then freeze there. And he mad. What happens if that rapier gets out of his eye? Uh, Well, Sir Orcus would be able to swing it around then, which might be pretty helpful, because she brought a knife to a lightning fight. I got a critical. Does that mean I get a hope? No, it's only when you're helping someone, attacking someone. I think Sir Orcus dives in there and is trying to fight her way through with the knife, with the incredible speed that we saw her fight before, deflecting the legs of Amoir trying to get to that blade. And it's a flurry of blows, but Amoir has eight legs. So he's defending at the same time as he can continue attacking the rest of you. Oh, this is starting to get good. Plastique, get out here and help me finish them. You hear from down a dark hallway, a sort of dragging sound and and grunting as Plastique enters backwards, ass first. It's a nice ass, mind you. And uh, he has his uh, arms extended, stretched out around this big box that seems to be wiggling and almost glowing in a way. So um, he keeps, he pulls it back until he is in the main room. I mean... It, well, it I think we could be clear shape. that you're dragging the co- the golden cocoon that we've seen before. Did you put me in a box, Tyler? <laughs> I'm already <laughs> a box. Nobody you puts were. baby in a box. I'll put that <laughs> okay. box in a box. I'll put that box in another All right. box. And then I'll mail it to myself. And when it arrives... Ah! To be fair, if any character on here was going to be a hat on a hat, it would be a box in a box, and it would be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Plastic enters, ass first, dragging the cocoon, the large cocoon that is uh, wiggling slightly now. Can I describe the cocoon, Tyler? Oh, go for it. You see this cocoon that you've seen before, and it glows with a warm, golden energy. And you see it just sort of, every once in a while, it'll wriggle or shake in Plastique's grasp. uh, And it has a large, red, crystalline bow wrapped around it that says, do not open till Christmas. (laughs) Does it is it spelled with a W or a CH? It's with a W. Incredible. And there's a tiny little uh U's above the W. Ooh, ooh. I think as Professor Plastique sets the cocoon down, he looks to misogyny and says, Hold that thought, my lady, and kind of like rolls his eyes. And he says, I think, I think our third is almost ready to join us once more. Get ready to die, magical girls. <laughs> Did you say our our third, Tyler? 
or well, the third of the bugger brothers, the third male, the third male gay. That was what caused us to break up in the first place, Plastique. We never should have invited her in. Plastique, you know, don't you remember who our third was? Don't you remember who was misogyny and Professor Plastique's third? I shall never forget. Professor Plastique once again clenches, clenches his fists and he says, Edith, may she rot in hell. And I think you swing perhaps to attack the celebration night that still carries her memories within her. Yeah, perhaps like subconsciously driven, I just once again <laughs> extends the stretchy fist and looks down to read. Oh my God, wait, what is Sir Tempix? Looks down. Oh, but Sir Tempix's coat is. Okay, never mind. I was going to say. My I coat? They deck the halls. <laughs> but anyway, you're not wearing the I'm Christmas wearing sweater anymore. anymore. Okay, so stretchy fist. Goes out like one of those slippy hands. It's Christmas though, so you could say deck the halls. It's it's or or okay. stretchy fist, you know, whatever holiday theme you want to say. <laughs> or merry fistmas. <laughs> merry fistmas. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Plastic winds up and says, "Float like a beetle, stretch like a slinky." And just <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely the, the, that, that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. All the that good old adage. Oh God, <laughs> I love it's Tyler Cass. Like, <laughs> Muhammad Ali reference, <laughs> incredible I'm on the ground. <laughs> Sir Tempix, enjoy that that fist in the face. By the way, yeah, Sir Tempix. Again, the boys get an automatic hit when they hit, and. You were feeling great after that, a lightning bolt. But yeah, you get hit for three resolve. Okay. And as the fist connects with your helmet, yeah. your head rattles inside of it. My God, what did Edith do? You look a bit shocked, don't you, Sir Tempix? <laughs> it seems like your prior incarnation as a celebration knight really liked to experiment. And so do I. Cosmic microwave background radiation blast. For a moment, it is as if the the organic top of this cave is transparent, and you can see the cold, hard, dead stars up above. And something malevolent pours from those stars, filling the cavern. And each of you feel as the microwaves strike your magical girl skin, you feel yourselves begin to cook. Everyone take one resolve. Ooh, baby. Oh, I'm out of resolve. You are out of resolve. <gasps> Already? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing hard hits today, guys. Like five resolve in one? Well, it was- We uh, just need one hope burst and we can heal everyone. Yeah, remember that a hope burst does indeed heal someone completely. Theoretically, I can choose to faint. I can choose to take a, a consequence. You can choose to take a consequence. You can always choose to block someone else's damage by taking trauma. And I'm going to say in this final battle, one of the things that I will be dealing out uh, if we pass existing consequences is trauma. I kind of want to, Autumn, given that this is a microwave, the antithesis of baking technology Everyone knows the product isn't as good when you do it in a microwave. It takes lo long, constant heat from the oven in order to make the perfect cake. And this manifests, Autumn, as you are rising off the floor in your fury, this manifests as a 
tremendous amount of heat that is coming from the floor and the ceiling of this cavern. You are intensifying the heat, turning this entire place into an oven. That's my trauma burst? That's your trauma burst. And of course, it's your own power, so it's not going to hurt you. But it is going to do one resolve to each of the other two girls. Your skin is starting to blister. Oh, the baddie's going to win. Dean, should we all, uh, Bugger Brothers, be taking one hit with that as well? You know what? Yes, take one hit as well. Thank you. Everyone. Yeah, we cooking. (laughs) So I need either a consequence or trauma. I'll let you pick. Trauma. As expected. You came in here expecting the power of friendship to get you through. And so far, you've done a lot of damage to each other. Well, I've taken a lot of damage. You've taken a lot of damage. You've taken a lot of damage after you took damage for other people. Mm -hmm. And now and now autumn has has fried you i think autumn this is your second trauma burst um, my first it's your first okay so it's not your servita uh, celebration night of ribbon so known for elasticity you are no longer so interested in elasticity you know those christmas ribbons they have like metal bands up the sides yeah you know that oh, like yeah. you can bend them into place to tie a bow yeah yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, they pop out and it's like a staple. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Those twisted metal threaded ribbons begin bursting from the walls and the ceiling of this cavern, which along with the heat is seriously destabilizing the place. Yeah, I think the aesthetic is uh, the sweat is pouring off Cordelia's face and she like can't even see straight. She's looking down and up and can't get her bearings because it's way too hot. Realizes that it's coming from autumn and this the horrifying realization that happening near Christmas when they were just supposed to have a Christmas miracle. She's tried so hard not to be a Grinch this year and not to expound all her hatred towards Christmas. But with this small betrayal, she thinks about all the shitty things that people have done and times they haven't been here for her and how much damage she's taken already in this fight. And these hard, curving, metal-ridged ribbons start coming out and they're hot and they're ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're crumpled. They've been in the attic. They're reused. And they're twisting everywhere. And the worst part of it all is misogyny begins to laugh. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And her throne begins to slowly rise up. And it feels like her dress is beginning to grow as the earth is starting to quake. And she is rising up, up, up. This is now a production of The Nutcracker, in which we see the transformation sequence of the Christmas tree rising several stories above the stage. Hetty, you are well correct, because the Christmas tree is, in its earliest form, a suggestion of the phallic form. The, I, I the book is still there. I don't think that's true. I, I, I... <laughs> we see her rising up and up and up to the top of this cavern, and you realize that she, her dress, is the nose cone, the tip of this enormous, egregiously phallic rocket. Professor Plastique shouts up to her and says, yes, it's powerful, isn't it, misogyny? The power, the, the power I feel off of these girls when they've learned that they don't actually care for each other, that they would do anything to harm one another, and that true friendship doesn't really exist. 
Hetty has just been punched in the face, and she's in armor, so she's cooking pretty well in this heat. She lifts the helmet off, and her hair is just soaked to her scalp. And with a bit of a grimace, she looks up at misogyny and says, You think you know us. You think you know everything. And you think you know Edith, too. Professor Plastique's eyes glare in that direction. And so Tempix kind of, like, has almost a crazed little smile Mm -hmm. on her face Mm -hmm. a little bit. But you know what? Edith has been with me for so long now. And none of you know the first thing about her. And you certainly don't know anything about us. And I want to chuck that helmet at misogyny's face. Great. Roll strong. That is a dirty 12. It flies up and strikes her in the mouth. And you see one long drip of blood come down her chin. You've hit her, but more importantly, I think you've defended Edith. I want to give you the option for Edith to come forth at this moment. This would... Well, I think I'm just going to push you into it. Okay. I don't think there's an option. (laughs) Edith comes forth. This is what we... Is ever... Take one magic. This is a magical burst. Uh, Oh, all right. And take one hope because you're defending Edith. Are you double hoping? I am. I am double bursting. This is hope magic burst. Double magic burst. Guess who's back in the house? He'll click clack in the mouth. I can't wait to see which of her friends she chooses to give the hope burst to. Metagamey, but I mean, I can't resist. Wait, I give the hope burst well, to someone? Well, I mean, you, you, can, you, you can, can use a hope burst to heal someone completely. Oh, but it's only one person. Yes. But I, I want to say, well, you hurled this at her. Yeah. And you follow the arc of that helmet up. Like I'm just flying. You are to- flying. Oh. And the and we see, I think, the wings from before manifesting on your back as you're flying. Oh, and make no mistake, the the ground underneath has cracked where she has suddenly lifted off. And it's not just her. Everyone in the space can see that there is a ghost-like second form behind her. It's at first, because you think she's moving so fast, but no, this is the form of Edith in her pinstripe suit form. And you and Edith, you can narrate an attack where you hit misogyny in a sort of combo Mortal Kombat move. Yeah, the wings are out. It's it's time. Mm, we gonna use hands now. Hetty with this warrior scowl on her face is shouting as she starts to falcon punch misogyny. And you can see the outline of her armor still like slightly electrically charged from those lightning bolts earlier. And she has a very like light green glow around her. And in contrast, there is a dark green around this specter that has appeared next to her, which you recognize with short hair and a pinstripe suit and a dark green light filling the eyes. And the specter raises up an enormous fountain pen in a stabbing motion. 
they both connect at the same time, right in the middle of misogyny's face. Extraordinary. You're throwing hands, Mm -hmm. and as we we see a close shot of, again, this perfect makeup, this perfect face, as she's punched to one side, and we see this, this perfect face twist into a scowl, and the eyes go wild and red. She, deftly with her hands, strikes you in the center of the chest, hurtling you back across the cave. Now, I don't want to let you use the hope burst to heal somebody. Okay. I think your wings awakened something else in the chamber at long fucking last. Come silver bells, hum ba da day, hum ba da day, hum ba da day. One seems to hear words of good cheer. The golden cocoon begins to glow gently with, I think, maybe even the music. And I think you can describe, yeah, yeah. As it glows, it begins to ascend towards the center of the cavern, just near the ship. And Hetty, you notice your wings almost pulse in rhythm with the glowing light that is warm from this cocoon. And if I may, the other celebration nights feel a similar sensation. Not quite as crystallized yet as Hetty's, but you feel this energy coming back that is familiar. The cocoon begins to form a crack along its center. The ribbon bursts into shards, and a beam of light emerges from the cocoon, a light so bright that it fills the entirety of the cavern. Any eye looking in its direction must briefly close or shield itself or cover itself with its hands. And as you begin to look back into the silhouette before you, your eyes begin to come into focus, and you see the silhouette of a tall, slender, powerful figure with large, large wings, butterfly wings that stretch from one end of the cavern to the other, mightily filling the cave. Suddenly, the shadow bursts, pops like a popper, into a hundred smaller silhouettes. You were not looking at one shape, but a hundred. And all around the cave, much like confetti, you see small, chibi babies with their round little banged heads, with their big ugly bowl cuts, and two little antennae sticking out of each of their heads with tiny crystalline butterfly wings, like Heimlich from Bugs Life. You know, when he's yes. very big and the wings yes. are very small? And they begin to descend. And you hear echoing throughout the cavern, the tide of this battle has turned so unpleasant. I think it's time for a Christmas present. We evolve, we grow, we even transform. My knights meet the Bay-Bay Swarm. Oh, wow. A full sonnet. Nick has a full sonnet. There it is. Nick is a swarm. Fuckers. I just, can one land close to where I've been jacked on the op, like on the wall, and it just like lands close by, and Sir Tempix goes, you didn't press B, little buddy. And yes, I, that's what I wanted to make clear is your hope burst is connected to your very first hope burst. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love Where it. Where you mm-hmm. spoke to him and you said you gave him the option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This 
swarm of bebes begins to swing itself all around the cavern. And one bebe goes to each of you magical girls. And it says, Sawabwesian knights, thank you. You have given me a new chance at wife. But not just one wife, but a hundred. Much like a dandelion blown to the wind, each of us bebes are a seed that will spread our tiny wings across the galaxy. But first, we owe you knights a great debt, and we will aid you to turn the tide of this battle. Bebe, hey Bebe, what are you? What are you talking about? You're you're here to help us get. I think maybe Plastique reaches up with one of his long arms, <laughs> grabs, one of, grabs one of them, and I is grab like one of the chibi uh, baby pillars and squeeze its little cheeks in my hands and put it directly next to my face and say, "What are you doing? I, I cared for you those all of those months that you were that you were in hibernation. I, I know. I helped you become what you are now, and 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 here you're trying to help the 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 magical girls. Plastique, you did help me become who I am now." And I helped you become who you are now. For it matters not your form or physique. Show them who you are, Plastique. Oh my god. Plastique takes a moment and looks deep in within himself. And he feels yet another heartbreak. (gasps) Plastique's fists clench one last time. Squeezing the baby pillar. The baby, what is it, baby pillar? Chibi baby. The chibi baby. Squeezing the chibi baby so hard that its <laughs> eyes explode like one of those stress dolls, except it pops. A small splattering of brain sprays across Professor Plastique's hard face. Baby! This one, <laughs> was a baby. One, one of you. <laughs> All of the knights who are currently perhaps have their arm, their their have a bebe in each of their palms. Each of those bebes feels a twinge in its body. You feel it shake. No. You feel the reverberation of this squish throughout each of them. Oh, it looks like he's used the somehow manifested the 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 bugger's resurrection technology, and now there's lots of copies of him. All of these are actual, real, sentient creatures. With a hive mind. Yeah, we like share a hive mind, but like, you know, we all have potential for to live our own lives if we like survive this battle. It's it's really sad. Well, if that's the way it's going to be, it's time to turn on the bug zapper. Isn't like half your face gone? Her face is looks horrible. <laughs> yes. But she's calm. I agree, misogyny. The price of treason must be severe. Lest people think that they can stand up to us. You hear um, very briefly um, that loud, like, sound effect that implies in a video game or an anime that something is charging. And then a bright pastel blue laser beam erupts from the, the rapier handle in Amwar's skull. And he beams down one of the chibi babies what are they called chibi babies chibi babies chibi babies beams down one of them frying it alive uh the smell of burnt flesh wafts through the cavern uh and the beam is like like a laser beam so he then like kind of traces it along the wall chasing after other chibi babies has it cooled down at all yet i did a solid punch to 
misogyny. I and think that was turned off the co- the, the yeah. microwave radiation. The ceiling has become solid again. And I, I don't know if it's cooled down per se, but you're not taking cooking. You're not. Yeah. You're 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 blistered. If you were humans, you might yeah. be be done. But it, it's extremely hot. You're sweating all over. It's like a Korean sauna. It is like a Korean sauna. Yes. And you've been in there for a bit too long. Just about the same amount of nudity as well. Well, I would like to since Amwar talks so slowly. During Amwar's monologue, I would like to use my magic to reach up to all those wiry ribbons that are now, I'm sure, quite molten lava hot and pull them down, ripping the wires from the ribbons specifically in a pincushion manner, like a bed of nails, rain them down upon him. Great. Rain on me. Take one magic roll plus magic. Because you're you're using pre-existing stuff rather than yeah. just attacking. Eight. Amor, take one hit. Okay. But I think your failure is this whole time, as Amor has been doing his monologue, he has been battling with Orcus. Sir Orcus. And I think in this pincushion, you have also trapped Sir Orcus with Amor. I think you can even see the long trace of a slash through that belly that you liked so much. Listen, I didn't trap Orcus with Amor. Amor is trapped with Orcus, okay? I trust my friends, and she's going to kick his ass. Nevertheless, we see glittery blood pool in her belly button. Have we gotten any status effects from the, the tiny babies that are with us? Oh, yeah. Do they all have wings? Oh, Yeah. Did you make that clear enough? Uh, no, I clarified no. that they were coming in and I forgot to say. Uh, the Beybeys all freeze midair and go, oh, by the way, and they all just kind of snap their fingers really quickly and uh, the other two uh, Celebration Knights' wings crystallize around them, <laughs> which yeah. are? Luna moth wings. Some you were butterfly. butterfly. Yeah, butterfly wings. I'm definitely oh. gargirl wings. Oh, no. Gargirl wings. Oh, no, that won't do. We'll need a full secondary transformation. <laughs> uh. One of the babies goes over to Plumpo and says, yeah. This would have been really narratively way better to do right before I did what I did. No, definitely. That's our bad. Look, we're trying to work together. We make mistakes. We're a new, we're a new subspecies. Plumpo, instead of just giving notes, why don't you assist in the battle? Oh, I'm just a being of endless cheerfulness and I'm trying hard not to be cheerful so as not to power up the buggers spaceship. Autumn flies over to... Sir Orcus. And she is desperately trapped in this cage, trying to battle back the scissor-like legs of Amwar. And I think she's getting scratched and slashed again and again and again. And remembering that the spider in it is finally defeated with the help of silver bullets and a slingshot, Autumn pulls out silver tinsel that you might use to help decorate a cake. You know, on the sides. We're, we're, we're so, pulling a little here. Silverware. Silver. Oh, there we go. Sprinkles. <laughs> Sprinkles and silverware. Uh, she pulls out silverware, a pure silver fork that one might use for a cake. And she slingshots it at Armoire to get him off of Sir Orcus. This is an attack? Yeah, it's an attack. And I will add my plus one to this one. So it's plus two. 
I feel like him being pinned down by mine should help this attack. <laughs> I pinned him to the ground. I just feel like narratively. Watching Dean just look at her and then look yeah. away. Literally yeah. everybody on the other end of that Zoom call just like looked at each other tensely. <laughs> it's like the puppet meme where it like looks at the camera then looks away afterwards. <laughs> you want a, to give her an additional plus one. Well, I just feel like narratively it makes sense that if he's impaled with things to hold him to the ground, that he'd be easier to hit. In most role-playing systems, you do get a bonus for an opponent being immobilized. And this could also make up for the mistake that I made, Oya, in not giving her the winged advantage that influenced her (laughs) role-playing. All right, take an additional plus one. But any consequences will be worse because uh, any consequences are going to be dealt to the person who's also trapped there. All right, well, I rolled a five, but this was a good one to add my plus one to, so that would be a natural. That would be a seven plus the one that was that Steph aided, so that's an eight. Phew. <laughs> I I have kind of an idea. Yes, Emoir. Yeah, and I think you know where you are health wise, and yeah. y- you the way in which. Yep, I I think we're on exactly the same page with what's happening now. So Emoir is is he's impaled with these what steel like wires. Yeah, like, the wires, wires from yeah. Inside There's like a lot of yeah. them all throughout his back, and it's not a cute situation. And Autumn slung her little silver bullet, and I'm gonna say that the silver bullet that slings through there hits Emoir's um, right eye, the remaining human eye, as opposed to the six spider eyes all over his head. And you, very much like the chibi bebe that Plastique squished, you watch that eye pop and there's the gore that leaks out and in his rage with all eight limbs as well as his spider silk he grabs rose and well, then I succeeded though you sure. you you did the damage he took the hit yeah he he's, grabs he's rose dealing a counterattack all right he grabs rose very tight with every available limb and that key charging sound that used to indicate a laser beam, the rapier through his head glows pastel blue, and then his entire body starts to glow and vibrate and shake uh, as this charging sound grows and grows and grows, and his exoskeleton starts to crack. And I would say you have enough time, just you've just a few seconds before he explodes. Your passage will provide the last power we need, Amor. And we thank you. Finally, I will know true power in this one final moment. Au revoir. Amoir. I had to rhyme it. I'm sorry. I had to. I I take your hand, Autumn. Great. Can I also, like, grab their hands? Are you up with misogyny or down on the ground? Oh, I got flung across the cavern, yeah. Got yeeted by a bleeding. I got yeeted. I also want to say, uh, all of you, I think, are taking a second move. Plastique hasn't moved yet this mm-hmm. time. So I, even though narratively we want to really pick up on this. I'm sorry. Plastique squished one of the chibi babies, and I consider that a move. Was that a move? Maybe that was a move. That was a move. You know, that's that kind of true. a move. I mean, I was distracted by, yeah, I mean, perhaps perhaps that was a move. He'll act immediately after what, what happens now. Being a celebration night means you don't leave your comrades behind. We're gonna rescue Rose. 
Obviously. Celebration, communism, surprise. <laughs> yeah, baby. I on, comrades. I'm going to use yes, my comrades. plus one on whatever this is. You hear the narrator's voice. In 1917, Lenin said that the only force capable of overthrowing the Tsar was a unified party. The Communist Party. <laughs> I really should have shut that book. <laughs> what are we rolling? Um, you Carefully. Okay. Is everybody yeah, rolling? So you are all rolling to protect her. So this sounds like the thing that if you fail, you get trauma. I want to expand this plan. I think someone should uh, like knock Armoire's arms off, cut them off. He still I'll has the rules out of them. Yep. Um. It. We gotta just. He work still together. Yeah. He still has the the um the sword. The the sword is in there. Yes. That's the thing that's charging. In fact, I would like to be the one to try and like sword in the stone it the cluck out of his head. Great. I want to get did put it there. So yeah. you you were undoing what you did. Yeah. And I am going to stand in front of the spider and make really weird faces to distract him because that's a weird baby. Hedy, I'm going to let you roll strong for pulling the sword out of the stone. What'd you say you wanted to do? I want to heroically leap up and snatch Rose from his arms while my hair blows in the wind. That sounds cool. Yeah. Now, can Professor Plastique, um, well, it depends on how they roll. So I would like Professor Plastique to look in that direction and his arms are stretching out toward the three girls as they all go toward Emoir and I, Orcus. I'm using my plus one. And in front of the spider, we have lots of babies with Autumn making weird ass faces. And because we all have wings, we're like swarming into different shapes. Like the fish from Finding Nemo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm so scared to roll these. <sighs> A five. Oh. I got an eleven. Oh. Twelve. Oh. oh. I was really hoping Mo was gonna fail. So Mo succeeds. <laughs> will succeed in Sword in the Stone. Petraea will succeed in a distraction, but it's definitely will not I succeed. Definitely will Rose. succeed in getting I Professor Plastic's arms wrapped. I will all take trauma, but I will succeed. I will take oh. whatever damage I need oh, wait, to did take, you get a s- even if it kills me. Mm-hmm. What did you get? A, s- a five. Will- okay. Yeah, I keep forgetting how the the trauma defense is. That a five plus? Oh, I didn't no, add she- my cool, so a seven. <gasps> okay. Yes. I was going to say, yeah, she does still take yeah. damage. And question, yeah. because we're all doing this for our comrade, do we all take a hope? My hope burst benefit has not happened, or did my hope burst just never that happen? Was, you got baby. Okay, so it was baby. Which, but no one got healed. No, no. He got healed. Okay. But your magic burst didn't do anything bad either, so. I'm cool with it. Deal. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I accept these conditions, DM. Like the legends of King Arthur of yore. Okay. Sir Tempix draws the blade from the head of the monster. It's a stone in the book. (laughs) We see you reaching through this, the twisted molten metal to grab the blade. And And this is definitely, one leg is up on the torso, assisting with the pull and just like, Full on wings are out to provide a backwards cushion and just like gritting teeth. I think you're capable of pulling it out. It's still charged though, right? He was charging himself. As you pull it out, he explodes the other direction. You, Cordelia, have Sir Orcus in your arms and the explosion catches you and flings you 
it's a blinding explosion. You're dead now, Amor. Yeah, I'm okay with blowing you up completely. Oh, absolutely. Fully Fourth of July, baby. He explodes outward, and you are carried on that wave of force, but you protect uh, Sir Orcus from the brunt of the damage. Take one trauma. The two of you are lying bruised and blistered and slashed on the hot, strange stone floor. Autumn, you were attempting to distract. What'd you get again? I got an 11. That's a crit. As he explodes... On anything less than that, I would have killed a fuck ton of babies. But I think as he explodes, you open up your wings and you are carried back on the wave of force and all the babies are hiding behind your wings, protected from the shockwave. Catch me, Betwaya. so cute. <laughs> I won't let any more babies be destroyed. Oh, big that's promise. a little. That's, that's a, a big problem. Wait, wait, look. I, I mean, we all want to live, but we're pretty expendable. So <laughs> good luck with that. It's going to suck. Can we get a, back on that? We get a ballpark of how big this swarm is hundreds, thousands. 100. 100. Yeah. Exactly. Well, 100. Now it's 98. Yeah. When we were prepping, Nick was like, eh, like I don't know, like a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> I said, depending on how things go, maybe a couple hundred thousand would make sense. He was like, if they get a hope burst, maybe I can become the most powerful canonical character in the game. You got to dream big, you know? You know Start high, get negotiated big. down. <laughs> exactly. Misogyny roars in wa- in rage. <laughs> in wage. You were about to say Ro- in wage. She wars in wage and says, sorry to shut down your Christmas wish, Autumn. Cosmic microwave background radiation blast. And again, the ceiling starts to turn transparent and pieces of it actually begin falling away and you can see the stars up above the top of october mountain is caving in as the malevolent energies pour into the chamber and babies start falling out of the sky no what state is massachusetts <laughs> what state scary. is cordelia servita in right now oh that kind of state um, I have no resolve. I think as the the chamber is vibrating and rocks are falling down, Professor Plastique, burnt, torn up, leaking latex, slowly walks over to Sir Orcus and Servita and looks down at Servita, who is basically down. She's She's been fought. She's hurting, right? Yeah, I can still take trauma. And he says, haven't you learned anything, Servita? This is the price of friendship. It never works out. One person will always be stepped on by their friends, and the others will continue happily. That's just not true. It is true. No, I learned it's not. it years and years ago. <laughs> no, and it's over not. the years, over and over again. Yeah, well, you don't give up on something like that. She gets really shakily to her feet, making sure her body is still protecting Sir Orcus. You don't give up on that no matter what. You know what? Trust becomes love and then love becomes courage. And you know what? I bet you could be brave if you really wanted to. Sir Tempix goes over to help her stand steady. Professor Plastique says, Trust leads to disappointment and heartbreak. And I learned that the hard way. Most recently it was Bebe. Before that, it was misogyny. But first, it was Edith. Yeah, well, if you want to know something, I punched her right in the face, so uh, 
I can confirm this. Hurt like hell. <laughs> so I don't know if Stephanie wants to roll for that. So you are opening yourself up. You're actually saying this thing because you want to be reject. You want to be told the opposite. The classic villain monologue. Roll a cute Cordelia. All right. I want to take a ribbon off of myself and hand it to him because I think it would look great on you. Eleven. Oh, oh baby. Oh. You, Plastique, you have become so flexible with your friendships. Flexible, very similar to Vita herself, that you have replaced all skeletal matter in your body. Mm-hmm. But this ribbon that comes by, this is, again, the same ribbon, the, the dangerous metallic element. But as, as you take it, I think it enters into you and provides you with a literal backbone. Oh, Professor Plastique. It slips, it's rather disgusting as it slips into his chest. As it makes its way down his spine, he straightens up and then promptly crumples over and begins to sob into his hands. I rub his back a little. (laughs) Nobody has ever loved me. Not really. What's the cocoon necklace doing right now? The one that he's wearing? I think, I mean, I think it's, is it still glowing, baby? I think with the initial burst of the cocoon, it, it participated in the glowing as well, but dimmed with uh, Plastique's betrayal. But now it's glowing again. And it's not just gold. He's got the whole fucking rainbow glowing out of it. Cordelia, I'm going to give you a hope burst. Autumn, are you nearby them right now? Yes. And I have taken one of the, the chibi bebes and placed it in a very safe spot in one of my poofs so that at least one of them is protected. We'll call this Bebe Prime. (laughs) (laughs) All of you are scratched, blistered all over, and the rumbling of the rocket starts as it begins to slowly rise. You feel welling within you the light and joy and hope of a magical girl. This is your second hope? It is my second hope burst. This is your second hope burst. I just want to preface this with, did I hear maybe like a whisper of having upgraded costumes? That could maybe come with this. Maybe some of us have some ideas that if our costumes get upgraded at this moment with this hope burst. um, I think if you choose to use your hope burst on upgrading all three of your costumes. You can't just let me have a cool costume. I have to heal somebody, obviously, over upgrading my costume. You get, I think we'll give you the costume upgrade for free, huh? You said we all got upgraded costumes way back then. So. Yes, yes, yes. So describe how your, how your costume upgrades as you choose someone to redirect that miraculous light towards. Great. Uh, what are you guys at, resolve-wise? Uh, Sir Tempix says flat out, heal Sir Liebum. Yeah, I'm out of resolve. Yeah. Great. I redirect the light towards Sir Liebum that's coming out of my heart, which in the center of my bow now, a huge skull starts to appear. And in my hair on the ribbons, there are roses peeking out. Every bow now has a skull in the middle. Um, There's some black leather stripes that go across the ribbons and the bodice of the costume. On Sir Orcus's costume, you see there are purple accents that start getting woven into the pants going up the sides. 
so they're like lace-up leather pants now going over the corset lacing up the side. And so I have some roses and some skulls. I have invented pastel goth and I am living my truth at last. We love to see a coordinated couple's outfits. Professor Plastique sniffles and says, you know, I came here to demean your your uh, outward reflection and... and you know, I came here to demean your 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 look, but this is a really good one for you. I I, I really can't find any any faults. Hey, thanks. You're w- welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, it's okay. Cordelia, thank you for this gift because I can use it to end this right now. Girl, what? Girl, what? Autumn goes for. The spaceship. If that spaceship can't blast off, we stop the cycle here and now, and no one ever has to deal with the evil of the Bugger Brothers ever again. Okay, uh, but what's your plan first? Please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, this is I an oddly different. Yeah, we are a team. Yeah. Sorry about that. We are canceling your dramatic suicide. <laughs> We're gonna speak our truths right now because we communicate with each other. Autumn, we love you so much. And we would not be okay if you blew yourself up in the spaceship. We're also aware that you watched uh, Tim Curry's It the other day, like on repeat. On repeat, <laughs> it was deeply disturbing. <laughs> Not usually into the horror genre, so this she is a lot of character. Isn't. She's just kind of convinced one of them has to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just gonna like blast some magic at the at the at the spaceship. Oh, so that yeah, it couldn't, go like, ahead, go yeah, ahead. Like, yeah, that sounds cool. No, we were just worried, and we just wanted to do a mental health check real quick on you before we continued in the battle. So the real horror is as this conversation's been happening. Okay, the microwaves have been continuing, and more and more babies are just falling crispy from the sky. We do this together. Can and I? And we should probably go now. Hey, babies, can you carry us? Wait, I have wings. <laughs> <laughs> they all they all look at you, crossing their arms, pissed that their entire line is dying here while you guys work something out and they point at your wings with an aggressive chubby little finger. Okay. And go, "You're welcome, by the way." And then a Enough. couple of them kind of like crisp down and that talk. hope burst was all I needed. And the rocket ship begins to rise slowly up and out of the mountain. Is she in the rocket ship? She she is the top. She is the nose cone. She is the very tip. She herself has crested through the top of the mountain, and you see up above through the shattered ceiling, you can see a strange dark wormhole starting to form in the sky above. Some heavy side layer shiznit. No, misogyny, please don't leave without me. I did this all for you. No, Plastique. I simply don't need you anymore. And all the remaining blue ball lightnings <gasps> in the chamber. No. I've blue balled you for so long. All of them flock like a school of fish and hurtle directly towards Bebe. Uh, no, no, sorry. Okay. Well, no, I already said it. A man who climbed Mount Everest, but he's gay. I mean, he's blind. I mean, blind. He's blind. Uh, hurdle, yeah, hurdle directly towards Plastique to finish him off, to destroy him. I got one resolve left. After that 
after that very emotional breakdown. I'll take the trauma. Oh, God damn it. Do, do we have do we have to defend or can we counterattack? Can this be if like Plastique takes any damage, he will die forever. Well, can, I'll take the trauma. I'll take the damage. God damn it, Steph. <laughs> you will defend? Yes. It's a swarm more I, than before. There was four before. I just promised him that friendship was a thing and I can't well, I, can we counterattack like as in Super Saiyan like freaking energy blasts at each other and whatever blast is stronger wins. That's an option too. I mean, that's a sort of defense. Yeah. Yep. I Oh. <laughs> the four of you are together? Oh, hey Plumpo, how have you been? Together? Yeah. I feel like there should be a team role. Yeah. There's I, Yeah. I want to I want to hand Sir Orcus's rapier to Autumn since she was electing to do a well, move at uh Well, I have the whisk. The whisk. The whisk. Um, I think if if we destroy, I think if we hurt the spaceship, we can probably, because, right, the the power's coming from the spaceship, right? Oh, girls, you know, my memories are, like, super bad, and I, like, I always kind of forget that there's, like, you know, different things, but, you know, when all four celebration nights are together, uh, you can do a quartet changing season strike by uniting your four abilities, the power of winter, fall, spring, and summer. Gee, I wonder who embodies fall. Oh, it's actually not Autumn. It would actually be Sir Orcus because she has to deal with the the harvest. Wow, that's mildly surprising. Wait, then which one of them is winter? Autumn is summer because she's the heat of the oven. Wait, Autumn winters is summer? Yes. Wait, who's on first? (laughs) What's on second? (laughs) I've got my scissors already pointed. (laughs) My whisk is pointed. And my pen is out and And ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. And I think we're helping up uh, Sir Orcus, and we all have conjoined hands at some point or another, and she she and I are holding on to the rapier together. Yeah, I was going to ask. Nice. Her fingers tighten. Everyone take one magic and then roll plus magic. I have a magic burst. Your third magic burst. Uh, is this, uh, uh, because this is dealing with breaking the cycle of, bu- br- bl- of Bugger Brothers, do I get a plus one for this? Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, 11. 10. 9, 10, 11. Nice. Damn. Yeah, we do have to see the classic energy. We all glow with our own colors. We see a side shot of the four of your faces side by side by side oh. holding <laughs> your weapons up. And you you have to say the celebration quartet changing seasons strike. Celebration, celebration quartet changing, changing seasons season strike. strike. As this, this blue energy is pouring from the tip, the nose cone of this rocket, what pours from each of your wands? What color energy? Mine's lavender, obviously. Bright, bright, sparkly pink. Pastel green, shimmering in ink-like manner. And we see, I think, first from Plastique's perspective, lying on the floor, tears in his eyes, looking up, asking, why would they do this for him? Why would they do this for me, of all... Uh, Dean, you're going to have to finish the line for Tyler. He didn't didn't hear the end of it. (laughs) People. Of all people. And you see, yeah, the silhouetted forms of these four girls standing there and the rush of blue energy coming down and the energy pushing back, catching it, pushing it back, back, back. And all of you start to glow because, yes, you're on your third magic burst, Cordelia. 
which your third burst of any kind leads to a special thing. I probably should have told you about that one too. Uh, extreme shift. You have a burst of raw power, destroying non-magical things in the immediate area. We see the energy push back and up towards the ship and misogyny. You hear a howl of rage. No! Impossible! And then we get a blinding explosion. And the next perspective we see is of Poppy Hopper sipping coffee in his car, looking at October Mountain as it explodes. Yeah, how immediate is this immediate area? It says immediate pretty specifically. I mean, immediate. But like right. if there's a camera that's been set up at the opposite side of the cavern, like is it? I want to clarify. He sees an explosion likened to a volcano obliterating the top of October Mountain. Yeah, but it could just be like vertically gifted and not like horizontally gifted. And you his know? heart catches in his throat when he realizes he was so concerned about his career that he sent four girls into this mountain to die. And we're going to pick up there next week. So how's the camera? <laughs> the camera. I think the camera might be the least of our concerns, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Thanks for listening to, to Bits Before Crits. Camera. <laughs> <laughs> to follow up on this thrilling story about a camera. Well, I already know what our moral is. <laughs> Only bring magic cameras. <laughs> you, remember, disposable cameras may not take as good pictures, but... If you're doing a lot of physical activity when you're recording, make sure you use a GoPro. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this extremely long recording session that you experienced as two separate episodes, but we experienced as sitting here and... Uh, holding our piss inside ourselves until our bladders burst. I'm contacting I'm my sweating. union. That's a hope burst you don't want to know about. <laughs> Join us next week for the season finale. The big one. Everything's the season finale now. And uh, and join us on After Crits. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey kids, Plastique here, and today we're going to talk about microwave safety. If you really want to protect your food in the microwave, wrapping it firmly in aluminum foil will certainly keep any food crisp, warm, and collected in a microwave. And remember, everybody, the longer you keep the bag of popcorn inside the microwave, the more popcorn kernels will come out of it. And soon you'll have an infinite swarm of popcorn kernels for your big Christmas party. Anybody need a new heater for this chilly Christmas time? Just throw some forks and silverware inside the microwave and turn your house into a campfire all on its own. Feeling depressed? Simply put your head in a microwave and hit high and it will dry up all of those sad parts of your brain, leaving nothing left. And once you and your family want to go have a fun time outside, you can whip the microwave off the wall and wide it like a sled. Now you remember kids, stay hot, steamy, and extra stale. No. 
stay hot, <laughs> steamy, and extra taste. And I don't. I, I, <laughs> thanks. See you later. Bye, Thanks. Taurus. 